Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, good afternoon, everybody. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. I am the founder of the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program, creator of No Hassle Newsletters, author of six books that you can get for free, but I'll tell you more about that at the end of the show. But most importantly today, I'm the host of Dream Business Radio now in its 10th year. This is episode 545. This is my um, my fourth and final show from beautiful St. Augustine, Florida. Note the palm trees, not a background. <laughs> and today's my my special guest is Mike Kohler. Mike, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Great. Thanks for joining. And um, folks, before we get started, this episode of Dream Business Radio is brought to you by, guess what? The Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program. If you're an entrepreneur or small business owner who is tired of slow to no growth in your business, if you're feeling overwhelmed or unfocused, but especially if you're interested in learning how to create multiple streams of revenue, something I'm very good at, you want to check out the Dream Business Mastermind, about 26 members right now, all led by me, Captain Jim Palmer. You can do that at dreambizcoaching.com dreambizcoaching.com. All right. As entrepreneurs and small business owners, we've been hearing an awful lot about storytelling. So I know you're going to love this show. I'm, I'm very much a, um, well, it used to be an online marketer, net marketer, and there's all these different definitions, but it's really about building your brand, your reputation, telling your story, et cetera. And I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'll ask Mike this question so he can think about the answer. But to me, I think it's been about two years at least, storytelling, not selling and all that. So storytelling is big. So for more than 20 years, Mike has helped brands transform their digital content or how their digital content is delivered to consumers. In July of 2010, he founded Smirk New Media, Oklahoma's original digital marketing agency. Smirk boasts a team of in-house experts who championed creative content, digital marketing, innovation, and online customer service. His clients range from Fortune 500 companies and national brands to startups and nonprofits. Smirk believes in giving businesses a voice online regardless of their size. Mike spent over a decade in journalism. So unlike me, he actually knows how to write, probably doesn't need an editor, <laughs> building innovative ways to reach readers with interesting stories using the various digital tools that we all have. He transitioned from traditional journalism when he saw the important trends emerging online and how brands related to the public. And today, Mike speaks nationwide about how brands can use storytelling and content strategy to get more customers, grow their bottom lines. He has presented at many national conferences over the last decade, including the 140 character conference in New York, which obviously is um, a Twitter conference. So Mike, once again, welcome to Dream Business Radio. I'm, I'm happy we connected. No, Jim, it's, it's awesome to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah. First of all, um, I always like to share a little bit of the backstory. So, well, we know you went to school for journalism, so I don't have to ask. That. Okay. So you went to school for journalism, which is actually, considering what you're doing today, that was probably pretty good training. You know, a lot of my guests, well, I went and became a lawyer, then I became an entrepreneur, right? You know, they went and became a CPA, but I didn't like numbers. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> but you yes. kind of got your training for what you're doing now, correct? 
Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sort of a latecomer to the entrepreneur game, but, but yeah, um, my dad was, worked at, was in the newspaper business. He uh, was a writer and an editor, and that was really um, a skill that I developed when I was a kid. And so my first job when I could have a job was, was going out and covering uh, a football game. So, you know, writing stories from that. And then it just sort of grew from there. I, I, uh, actually in college, I majored in English and literature, uh, just so I could scratch the writing itch a little bit, but it had, mm. it was, it's all content these days, you know? So as long as you know how to, how to put uh, a story together and sort of paint a picture for whomever is in the audience, then, then that's, what's working now. It's like, you know, uh, I just happened to pick journalism, which wasn't the greatest, business decision uh you know it is an industry that's in real trouble but yeah especially but the newspaper the print side right yeah i was in newspapers you know starting right when i was out of college until uh until 2010 when i started my own business but but yeah it's uh the appetite for content is still there and still you know uh, it's still a big demand from from just the public it's just how do we deliver that and and who are they getting that from so. and it's so interesting to me how many different um we'll call platforms there are to consume information you know when i when through my success advantage publishing company we help people entrepreneurs create books but i said well that's just the start now we have to do an audio book we'll do obviously the kindle book or do the e-books e all these different ways because people like to consume information and different format. Um, very interesting. Your dad was actually a, a newspaper reporter. Did, did you did you kind of feel like you were following your dad's footsteps, or did it just look interesting to you? No, it, I mean, it definitely was following foot, in footsteps. I mean, you know, I don't know where the ability to write or the creativity came from. You know, mm -hmm. how much of that is nature or nurture, but just the idea. You know, I was able to hang out in the newsroom when I was a kid, just being able to to do that um, and connect with people and write for a living was always appealing to me. And then, and then once I got into the business, I saw all these other things that we were able to do as sort of the internet grew up, right. As I uh, got out of college and, and, and I saw sort of the intersection of all that. So, you know, it beats, you know, every, every, every man in my family before that had been, you know, working in a, in a factory or, you know, digging a ditch or whatever. So it's not, it's not the worst, uh, it's not the worst <laughs> occupational choice. So. Um, so when you became an entrepreneur, um, was that more out of necessity? Cause you kind of saw the writing on the wall for the physical newspapers or did it, did somehow, did you, where'd you get that inspiration to actually start your own, content business well it was it was sort of opportunity meets urgency a little bit okay. um so you know i had towards the end of my tenure uh at the paper had really started figuring out how to innovate with some of these digital tools that we had uh on hand you know we social developed you know live chats and live video developed all at these the same time, you know, 2007, eight, nine, we started incorporating some of that into the work that we were doing. And I was getting some attention for that innovation and going around and starting to speak at, at different places. But then, you know, it really was this big hemorrhaging of mm. revenue in the print side 
but at the same time, this demand uh, for businesses and brands to figure out how to use all these things for themselves. And so it was, I mean, it was, I was the, you know, like I, like we talked about, we, my agency was the first one to sort of take the leap and become all digital when it was just wow. me. Um, but it's just sort of, I could see that that's where the trend line was going. Yes. So being inside of an institution that would had a hundred years worth of history of not innovating. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to get me where I needed to go. And also gave me the freedom to, you know, make my own destiny a little bit too. So speaking of a hundred years of history, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, Phil Brakefield, who I know very well. Sorry, Phil. I know you're not that old journalism in, in Oklahoma, no doubt. Boy, talk about a small world. Well, there you go. Yeah. I mean, it's a, we're a little bit of the crossroads of America. So, uh, and the paper has been an institution around for, you know, since before the, the place was a state. So, um, wow. yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of six degrees of separation uh, here in Oklahoma City. So let's talk about storytelling because, you know, um, I was talking with uh, one of my clients earlier today about, um, well, about content marketing, but also something I call drip marketing and things like that. And it's like, to me, it's like it, it, it's all under one big umbrella, I guess. But the idea of storytelling is is being able to capture first their attention and then keep their interest and things like that. It's way different than saying, hey, big sale this weekend. Come now. Right. You know, that's that's like hit or miss. Storytelling as a part of online marketing is really important because it helps. That's how you help build your brand. So what do you think keeps more business owners from stepping up and kind of telling their stories versus just saying, this is what we do. Are you interested? I think it's, I think they're too inside of it a little bit. You know, the biggest, the biggest pushback we get from, from clients, you know, when we take on a new business as a client and we have these initial meetings with them, you know, especially when we look at, very family owned businesses or small, small service businesses or things like that. They don't think they're, what they do is very interesting. Yeah. We sort of had this brick wall of, well, a, either a I'm boring or B nobody wants to hear about what, what I do. Or they don't want to be in the spotlight. I'm sure you what? find that a lot too. Look, I've actually had clients and prospective clients say, I look, I do all this. I do it well, but I don't want to be a marketer. I don't want to do marketing. <laughs> you know, right. it's like, don't put me in the spotlight. Well, okay. I don't know. I'm not a magician. So, but it, I'm sure that's part of it, right? People, they would rather just, per, I, I think if I was to put it a little more eloquently, it's like people want to provide a good service and have referrals come in based on that. Mm -hmm. They don't want to go out and tell their story. Right. But I mean, they're doing it anyway, as a sort of what we, what we try to get them to understand that they are selling themselves. They are, um, they are, are they, they're doing it sort of informally or just in chit chat um, with, with prospective customers. Mm -hmm. And what we want to, we want to do is sort of really train their minds around, well, what's, how can that message, how can that story you tell be consistent? We're not telling them to, make up a folktale about their, you know, how they started or, or, or anything. What we want to do is really re help them refine the idea of what make, you know, what we always say is how do they do what they do and how do they know what they know? Because everybody's story in those two areas it, are, are unique. No matter if Joe Smith is a plumber and Joe Jones is a plumber, 
they came to it from different places. Why do right. they have business? What, what have their experiences been with their customers? You know, what's, you know, everybody, you know, of course, and you know this as well as anybody, everybody who makes that entrepreneurial journey, that small business journey, you know, is, is making a very brave leap into the unknown, no matter what yeah. they, no matter what they do. And the, the, per, the, the perseverance that comes from that story is always interesting and just, you know, and that can really appeal, you know, if I, if you're a customer and you're just deciding between company A and company B and company A is very transparent and open about who they are and what they do and how they do it. And the other one is, you know, basically, you know, a faceless franchise or what have you, then a lot of people, uh, are going to go with company A just because the they're more real, even if, okay. even if all of that experience is online. So let's kind of get into the nitty gritty for folks who really want to um, begin to become better storytellers. What are the essentials of telling a good story, Mike? I mean, what do you include? What do you keep out? How do you? And I think another thing, which I get accused of sometimes, people sound like, oh, you're just bragging, right? But it's right. not bragging if it's true. It might be bragging, but if it's true, right. you want people to know that. So talk about the essentials of, of good storytelling. Well, I, I think, you know, step one is always, you know, answering the, the why of why you're doing something. And it's not a lot, you know, some people think like that, you know, and one of the reasons people hesitate is like, oh, the why is because I needed to make a living. You know, right. that doesn't, that doesn't always put <laughs> it's very rare if that's really the only reason you know it's there's decisions that that go into that you know and some of these family owned companies are because you know my this i'm the fourth generation doing this and i learned it from my great great grandfather to be in this service company um and so answering that why you know what gets them up in the morning to keep doing what they're doing is an essential part of this, you know, and in the sort of step two is, well, what makes you better than the other guy? You know, what mm. do you do better than everybody else does? And they, again, this is where they might think that's bragging, but it's, they know it, the answer to that. <laughs> and it's just a matter of how do they articulate that? You know, what made that part of their business uh, the one that they wanted to focus on and, and how did they get really good at it? And the other thing I want to ask, I'm sorry to interrupt. The other thing I want to ask you, Mike, is, um, I mean, marketing is not an event. Marketing happens all the time. There's no faucet you turn on when you need clients and turn off when you, life is good. You, you're always marketing, right? Right. But is that, I mean, that's essentially story. Storytelling is a form of marketing, correct? It's not like, oh, I, I'm, here's how I do my marketing, but I also tell great stories. It is no, part of marketing. The, it's the blood. I mean, it's the juice that okay. makes it go. I mean, because even if you're marketing special offers or sales or whatever, all of that stems from your ability to know what you're doing mm. and your ability to differentiate yourself from, from, from everybody, from everybody else. And so you can't, you can't not know, you know, you can't not know the story of your business and have any, and, and be able to compete on a deeper level with some other places or else you're all, you're, you know, if you want to be just the, the phone number in the phone book, you can do that. 
and you know, and you'll just, and what you'll get is you'll get people who just go down a list and randomly pick you. What being able to tell your story in your marketing does is make you, you know, really, I mean, it makes you stand out, which is like the most generic way of saying it, but right. it makes you, it fleshes you out in the market as opposed to other people, you know, and some, other... some people yeah, do go ahead. how they, you know, some people do that through like name and logo and color and, and some of those, uh, some of those factors. But if you do it in, um, you know, un people understanding your background and what your business is all about, then that that's enduring. That's a lot more enduring than, than other things. Yeah, I don't know who said it first. I sometimes associate it with Zig Ziglar, but I could be wrong. But, you know, he said people do business with people they know, like and trust. Know, like and trust is developed from understanding who they are, why they do it. Right. So that is mm -hmm. that's part of storytelling. I suspect a lot of people when they're doing their marketing, even before storytelling became kind of the word, they're telling their story. But I think what you're suggesting, correct me if I'm wrong, is you, you need to tell a little bit more of your personal story, not just the corporate story. Right. And that's and and be, and social media is the reason for that, you know, and, and because okay. those connections between audience and brand are more intimate or feel more intimate in the social setting, that's when you can become more transparent. Um, you know, you don't have, you know, you don't have to tell everybody your highs and lows, you know, oh, I had, you know, you don't want to be like so transparent in that they see, you know, str see struggles or anything like that. But you can be transparent enough to say, you know, what I always tell these people is like, tell them about your your best day on the job. Tell them about your weirdest day on the job. Mm. Tell them about your hardest day on the job. You know, if you go through that, there's there there's types of content that you can create that turn people's heads. You know, it's you know, for a long time, it's like the idea. It, I related it back to the idea of reality television. You know, okay. it's like everybody. You know, there was a lot of shows for a long time that were about uh, businesses that weren't necessarily interesting. Mm -hmm. But at some point, we had you know, five pawn shop shows. We had, you know, shows about people, you know, who, uh, storage units, cars. We had <laughs> parking lot attendant shows. We had yeah. all these shows and there's, and it just shows that there's drama inherent to that. Yeah. Because what we try to get these people to understand is the stories that you tell with your friends, you know, with a beer in your hand at the end of the day are stories that you could also be telling your customers about, how in how how you approach a problem and solve a problem, you know. And I I'm a big fan of transparency, but I like what you said. It's something that's going to turn heads. So if I was to coin that phrase, turn heads, not stomachs. Like you can be transparent yeah. about your your good day, your bad day, but you don't have to show them your appendectomy scar. Like oh, right. this is really hurting right now, right? Right. That's that's going over the top a little bit. Um, so. So th this is a big part of your agency is, I mean, is this, is this really what you're known for or is it just one of several things that you do? At well, it's, it's something that we've developed, you know, over the course of the years um, that sort of combine, you know, these journalistic roots of, of that I have with some of the marketing roots of the rest of my team 
in what we call the content conversation, which is this first sort of big mm, I like that. brain dump onboarding situation that we have where we're really trying to pull out of the client. You know, we want to be able to speak for them, be in their voice, you know, tell, you know, come up with messaging that's true to who they are. And it's just what we're really doing is training them to think in this way, think in messaging in a messaging way, because as the relationship goes along, there's still going to be things that they see in the midst, in the course of their workday that will make for great content that, right. that they can relay back to us. It's just building in them that those triggers where they see, oh, we, you know, we went today and, um, you know, fix somebody, you know, fix somebody's toilet because, you know, down inside uh, the pipe were like six GI Joes that a kid had put <laughs> where things like that, you know, it's anecdotes that can turn into great marketing messages that can be, it's not just the regular testimonial, ask your client, customer for a testimonial. It's like, here is the drama that comes with the work we do too. I believe you're going to agree with me. I mean, storytelling is not just written word. It's not just a blog post. It's not a sales. I mean, it's pretty interesting you say that about the plumber. If I was that plumber, whether I'm solo or whatever, man, I would be recording some of this stuff and just pop up a video here or there. Right. Look, look, look what was going on. It's, it's the whole army, you know, or something well, yeah, like that. Like, you know, one of the anecdotes I used to use is if you were a garbage man, you know, if I was a garbage man and I, I would have an Instagram that said the, you know, at the end of the week, the five weirdest things that I saw this week in the, mm. <laughs> at the dump, you know, and you would run those pictures and people would eat that stuff up. You know, I think you're right. What you won't believe what I found in the back of the truck. <laughs> right, right. It's like treasure. It's like treasure hunting. And yeah. so, you know, there's another story I tell all the time, too, where I was I was talking to a group of pastors you know, sort of at the very onset of social media, when we were talking about, hey, what, where does content come from? And, you know, these guys were stumped as to what content should I be putting out? I'm the pastor of a church. What content should I be putting out? And mm -hmm. I'm like, if only you had a book that you read every day that had a bunch of content in it, you know, and, and, and my message to them is the stuff that you're putting in your head is, you know, the, the mess that's on your desk of magazines and articles and and scripture and all of that is the stuff that you can then turn into content it's just wow. not feeding your head it's also feeding feeding your audience with with stuff that you think is interesting you know it's different so for different businesses but ultimately you can also be sort of the clearinghouse for interesting stuff that's in your in your space as well some of the most successful blogs by the way um, they're known as curators. They're not original. Yeah. I mean, and so that, that too. So I want to ask you maybe if you can share some, uh, evidence anecdotal or otherwise, um, about the impact good storytelling can have. Do you have any kind of success stories you can share? Well, um, you know, a lot uh, around the same time, um, that, so we started in 2010 and that's when I felt there was a real shift in um, old brands versus old brands who are sort of coasting on their on their brand reputation that they've built up 
you know, for years versus new brands that were embracing, uh, embracing mm. social media. Okay. And we've seen in market share, uh, you know, uh, be, because of the interest that my generation and younger has in these medium, uh, that they're more apt to go to uh, a newer brand that's telling those stories as opposed to sort of the brand that still runs the TV commercial or whatever. It's because of that um, knowing who the people are behind the counter. We saw it in the restaurant space. We saw it in, um, there was a great example in sort of a jewelry store case in town where, um, you know, there's one company that's been around for a hundred years that still gets its share of customers, but the ones that are eating into their market share are the ones that are, you know, super personal and transparent about who their employees are and mm. what makes them good. And so, you know, as, as this population, the younger population, the social native population becomes more and more of the decision maker of what they purchase and who they brands they associate with, there's going to be this flip and it's already happening of, especially when you get really local um, of who gets, you know, who grows and who doesn't grow. There was a recently a, a moving company that came in just a few years ago in our market that, you know, uh, they weren't a client of ours, but they were obviously getting help with, with refining that message and really saturating social with, with what, how they felt about customer service and how they, how they treated, uh, you know, all of their work and they're, they're sort of the de facto choice for social natives, social media natives in town for that particular service. So interesting. How, so I, I want to fit in at least three more questions. So sure. how long, about how long did that process take where they, some, like you said, somebody's probably helping them, but refine the message. Mm -hmm. Was that like a year, six months, a couple of years? And yeah, I mean, I think it, you know, it's, it was a, probably over a year where it was like some of it is you have to be steady enough that there people expect to have a diet of your content mm -hmm. uh, on the social channels that you're, you're on. They're very good right. with, with Instagram stories. And then it's also like on their side, and this is, we tell customers this all the time too, on the business side, making sure you know who's in your audience. And this is sort of, tangentially influencer that's, that's job one knowing who you're talking to right but you know and really on a on a granular basis knowing oh this person who's asking us for services they're they're in they're they're influential as a customer we're not hiring them to be an influencer but we are noticing that if we if we do a great job for them our message is probably going to spread and that you know that helps also so so it's really mm. the quality of the audience that people are getting on, you know, on places like Instagram, on places like LinkedIn, if you're a B2B, is all, can also sort of accelerate that word of mouth uh, if, you, if you sort of smartly choose how you relate to people. I'm guessing that there are some platforms that are more uh, easily adaptable to storytelling, right? I mean, if a uh, YouTube, for example, mm -hmm. um, or, or, or you could have a story to tell and you have to either shape it, tell it, write it, or 
video it differently depending on which platform you're going. So in other words, you don't take one piece of content and put it everywhere, correct? No, and, and we really talk about audience first before we talk about platform because of because usually those two things uh, are very much related. You know, mm -hmm. like I said, if you're a B2B, you know, you're in the business that you're in or I'm a financial planner or I'm, you know, more in that professional white collar space, then LinkedIn is becoming more and more of a really good storytelling platform because they allow you to write longer pieces. They're really, you know, they're really integrating video now, you know, as opposed to if you're trying to reach, you know, women, you know, 50, 20 to 45, then Instagram is a really good space for you or Pinterest is a really good space for you. So we really work with those customers like, who is who's your ideal client? Where can we find them on the platform so we can target them both with this organic content and with some paid content content too? So we we have gotten away with sort of try to post everything everywhere all at once. Mm -hmm. Instead, pick your spots. And if you have a you know, if video is the best and best medium to use, then you can use YouTube, but you can also use TikTok and Instagram stories and 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 Facebook stories as well. So, gotcha. so it's sort of the the client the audience dictates platform and and content. All right, we got about two minutes, Mike. I want to ask you one more question. I, I always prepare for interviews by going to somebody's blog. Yeah, I think it was a blog post that you had about what is a brand refresh. Can you do a, a brief shot on that? Yeah, I mean, we've been brought in quite a few times on uh, for companies who have just gotten a little stale in terms of the last time they updated the, you know, not just the messaging, but the look and feel uh, of their brand, too. And in knowing how fast those trends change, you know, it's it's they bring us in and we we really sort of do a nitty gritty, you know, audit of how they're all their work is currently performing now, but also what their, what their competitors are doing, because, you know, it's one thing to be stale. It's one thing to be stale when the guy next to you is fresh. And so, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's when, you know, the alarm bells are going off and the life cycle for those things is much, much shorter now than it used to be. You know, it used to be, Hey, we designed our website. We can wait seven years and then maybe we'll design it again. But we have, we see brands now like refreshing their branding and their website and, and all of their social uh, platforms like every two or three years, just in look and feel and message. Wonderful. Hey, what a fun interview, Mike. I really appreciate it. You shared a lot of good information. I'm sure people want to connect with you. So how do they do that? So our company is called Smirk New Media, S-M-I-R-K, New Media. <laughs> Uh, that's our website, smirknewmedia.com. We have a contact form on there that goes straight to me. You know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of, you know, free consult for like an hour to just talk to people about where their brands are. I'm happy to do that and spend some time with people to give them per some perspective. So we're the only Smirk New Media in the whole world. So that's where all of our socials and all my socials are uh, MKOKC. Great. So smirknewmedia.com. Yes, sir. Awesome. Mike, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. All right, Jim. Appreciate it. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with my guest, Mike Kohler from Smirk New Media. 
I keep, every time I say that, I think I'm thinking of the Smurfs when my kids were way long ago, but Smirk with a K, newmedia.com. I highly recommend you connect with them. You will thank me later. You can connect with me, by the way, at getjimpalmer.com, www.getjimpalmer.com. That's my home base. You can find out more about um, uh, how you can work with me or my courses online and otherwise. And you can find information about the Dream Business Mastermind right there as well. And if you're interested in getting a free digital version of all six of my books, they are available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble as Nook Books. They're also in the iBookstore. But that's it. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, and you take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.